Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're going to rock ahead to Wednesday because, believe it or not, the NBA draft is coming up this week. Because of the COVID world in which we live, a lot of things are out of position or place or what we're used to. And the NBA draft is one of them, at least on the calendar. But it's the same evaluation of talent and how do they fit with their new teams. Giving us an insight to that from Net Scout Basketball Managing Partner, Carl Berman joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, Carl? I'm all good, Jody. Thanks. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for coming on board. First things first, educate me and my audience about what Net Scout Basketball is. Yeah, well, NetScouts Basketball, we're uh, probably the largest international um, basketball scouting company. Um, we do um, an international recruiting service for um, colleges that we sell. Uh, we do a lot of work for NBA.com. Uh, we write all the international draft profiles for all the potential draft picks for, for the draft, as well as uh, do a mock draft that's included in their top 10 mock drafts in the world. Understood. And I know you've got your latest one up, which we'll get to in just a second. But since your strong suit is international basketball, how good an international draft is this in 2021? It's pretty good up top. Uh, Denny Avdia, an Israeli forward um, from Maccabi Tel Aviv, is uh, really highly regarded. He's 6'9", very, um, plays, plays with a lot of emotion and uh, intent. Um, pretty long and, um, just a, an overall good forward prospect. He can operate as a point forward and, uh, people kind of compare him a little bit to, to Luka Doncic just because Luka was just, you know, such a great player the last few years. Uh, he's not along in those lines immediately, but, um, he could get there, you know, in time, not as a point guard, but more of as a, as a point forward. <clears throat> the international we game. Have, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, we, we have him going about four in, in the draft. All right. So uh, you think he's going to be a top five pick? Um, how about depth wise for the international group? As you mentioned, uh, he's going to be in the top five. But uh, there's a whole bunch of internationals, specifically Euros, that look like they're going to go in the first round. Correct. Uh, correct. There's a few point guards from France. One is Killian Hayes, who uh, a lot of people are really high on. Uh, we're high on him, too. He's uh, only 19, but he played um, in the top league in Germany last year uh, with a bunch of players who were in their 20s, uh, played for a while. 
and he was like the leader of the team. You can you can tell he he kind of has a hit factor as far as running a team goes. So he's he's a guard. He needs to improve a little bit of his shooting, but he's a lefty. He's, he's got uh, good height and length, and uh, he figures to go in the top ten. Uh, there's another one, Theo Maladon, also a French French guard, um, more of a combo than a point at this point. He'll probably go a little bit lower in the draft. He's a little skinnier than Hayes, um, and he might go in, in the late teens, but he, he's another good good prospect for, for down the line. Fair enough. How difficult has it been for you to do this, what you do each and every single year as far as scouting reports go, with the fact that nobody's played basketball in months other than the NBA in its bubble. Uh, basketball has been cut back since we had the corona outbreak both here and in Europe. I, you, you get in a, a rhythm and a groove and do this, and you know exactly where to be for what showcases, for what games and the like, and it all gets thrown out the window. How did you guys get it done this year? Yeah, it's much more difficult. We we usually scout in Europe a lot. Um, the under eighteen, under sixteen European Championships, any of the FIBA youth tournaments that happen, we, we're usually there. Uh, all that was canceled this this year, so it makes it a lot tough. You rely a lot more on on film, video, you know, analysis through through Synergy or some of the other video services. Uh, but yeah, it makes it a lot tougher. Um, and, and this year is very interesting because uh, there's such a long gap between when when these guys last played uh, to now. In, in some cases, it's seven or eight months, um, and, and some of them have changed their their bodies. Like Tyrell Terry, the guard from Stanford, when we saw him, we we're on the West Coast, and when we saw him, he was 160 pounds, really skinny, and you know I didn't really I wasn't crazy about him. He's a great shooter, but he had some other parts of his game that I didn't like, including his physical profile and since uh he stopped playing in the last seven months or so he's gained 15 or 20 pounds he's probably put on an inch and now all of a sudden he looks like you know a pro so uh, you get that gap where where guys can work on their bodies uh, as well call berman of uh nets out basketball our guest here on cbs sports radio all right we know there's no zion williamson in this year's draft he looks like he could be a once in a five or ten year uh, period type talent but there is talent and it's still to be determined who's going to go uh number one overall in this draft I know the three that are seem to be most under consideration, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards. Uh, LaMelo played, of course, uh, internationally last year, but we think, or at least I think of him as an American with his brother and his father having established the Ball family legacy here in the U.S. of A. What kind of order do you put to the top three? Are they the unquestioned top three in the draft? Well, as you said, there's no there's no surefire pick like like Zion Williamson this year. Uh, all all the three guys, Lamella Ball and James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards, all have uh, flaws in their game, and they're they're not sure sure shots. So uh, generally, we have those three kind of in the top tier. Um, one, two, three. I, I have Ball going first to to Minnesota, uh, Wiseman going to Golden State at two, and Edwards going to Charlotte at three. But they all have have issues with their games. Um, I think I've heard that Golden State and Minnesota are both looking to trade, but haven't really, you know, got the right the right offer yet. So they're still, you know, probably going to pick who they're going to pick. Um, so I, I have those three. Um, Ball's got great court vision and 
that's his number one NBA skill and someone who could really develop down the line into being a, an all-star. How similar is his game to his brother's game? Um, he's he's taller. So n- number one, he's um, six seven uh, as opposed to six four six five. Um, he's he's got a great feel and court vision, which similar to his brother. Um, he he just seems like he's a little more athletic and um, just ha- has more of an upside than his brother has 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 now or had when when he was drafted. Wiseman, a uh, seven footer, and the NBA is trending toward a perimeter game. There are very few true low post players in the NBA. Is Wiseman going to shoot it well enough to be a superstar in this league at seven foot one if the game keeps trending in the direction it has? Yeah, I don't think superstar, you know, is the case for any of these these guys this year. Uh, I think if if they could find players who can be all stars or starters, um, that would be good. Uh, with Wiseman, he can do some stuff immediately. He's he's athletic. He can run the court really well. He's got a super long wingspan, so he can block shots and rebound. Uh, so he can get slotted in right away and and be a serviceable uh, center. Um, again, you know, he's going to have to, as you said, he's going to have to develop. Um, his outside shot a little, a little bit more, uh, but he, he has shown that, that that's a possibility at least. Um, and he is a, a freak athletically, so that, that'll help him out. Let me ask you about a particular player who I'm a big fan of, and that's Sadiq Bay from Villanova. Started the year as a lower first-round pick. Most people have him in the lottery or right on the lottery line. I know you've got him at 13. I think he's one of these combo players that do a lot of things right that if they land with the right team could be a very important piece what's your scouting report say about Sadiq Bay? yeah I like Bay. um you know as you said he's a really really good three-point shooter and he's someone uh, the Villanova kids are, are, are really good in transitioning to the NBA and I think with him he, he can be one who can get slotted in pretty pretty quickly and, and be a rotation player uh, quick, as opposed to some other players in that same area of, of the draft that might be projects. So I think he might tend to go to to a team that might want more immediate help rather than uh, help, you know, one, two, three years down the line. But he shot over forty percent on threes. He's he's a really good defender. Uh, he's pretty long. He's six foot eight. Um, so yeah, he, he's the typical, you know, three and D NBA guy, and uh, we like him a lot. Understood. Uh, we're talking to our uh, buddy Carl Berman from Net Scout Basketball here on CBS Sports Radio with the NBA Draft coming up in just a handful of days. Is there a player in the draft? You guys have your reports on all the players, and you put out on your uh, website, netscoutbasketball.com, your latest mock. Uh, there's five, six, seven, eight, ten others that do the same thing. Is there a player, when you look at somebody else's mock, that you go, why am I seeing this and no one else is? Am I overrating this guy in this place? Or, no, I'm standing behind it. They're all going to be wrong about this. Is there one guy that kind of sticks out that you feel better about than maybe some of the other people who do similar things to you are uh, ranking him as? Yeah, um, when I compare mine to to others, we have, you know, nine other mock drafts on NBA.com, and... um, Paul Reed is the one that stands out as far as someone who we really like and others um, may not like him as much. 
and he's a six nine forward from from DePaul, and we just think he's he's the best defensive player in, in this draft, uh, with the possible exception of Isaac Okoro. But he, he's a guy who's six nine. He can defend every position, one to five. Uh, he's one of the most efficient rebounders in the country this past year. Um, offensively, he's got some work to do, but he's not terrible. And you know, even if he could just be uh, a rim runner and an offensive rebounder and defender, uh, getting drafted in in the twenties would be you know a, a good pick for someone. So we we really like him. And a lot of cases, teams. They don't devalue defense, but you know when when they evaluate prospects, they look at offense first. And uh, we just think Reed, because his defensive abilities are are so high, um, is getting undervalued in, in this draft. Is there a player? I asked you if there was a guy that you rank higher than maybe everybody else. Is there a player that is getting ranked higher by the majority of the other mock drafts on NBA.com um, that you see a bigger hole in his game? You think there are issues there, and you think if he's taken as high as being projected by others, that team might end up in a bit of a bad spot? Yeah, I, I don't think so in, in a lot of cases. Um, you know, Some have Cole Anthony um, pretty high in, in the – high teens and we have him a little bit lower um you know with him he's more of a it's tough to see what he is as far as whether he can be a point guard or um a two guard um he wasn't real efficient um scorer and and the the issue that we have with him is that he's always been the guy wherever he went um and whether he can fit into a team as a in a complementary role um so we're a little bit lower on him than, than some others but um, he's one whose um, opinions kind of diverge with, with, with a lot of players. Um, and, and, and another one is Jaden McDaniels, who we've seen a lot on the West Coast. Um, and he was great, you know, in, in high school. He was one of the top five recruits. And if he came into the NBA, you know, right away, he might have been a top, you know, five or top ten pick. Um, but we saw him a bunch, and we just didn't like his game at all um, last year when he played at Washington, but he's one of the ones where, you know, there's um, quite a bit of high upside if he really pans out or, you know, he could be out of the league in, in two years. So he's another one where um, it's more of a boom and boom or bust uh, pick. Let me ask you about a guy who I saw enough last year. You saw a lot. Cause as you say, you're out on the West coast. Um, I know some rate, uh, Nico Mannion, his teammate ahead of him. I happen to be a bigger Josh Green fan. I think he's a little more athletic, and I think he's just a better dead-eye shooter. Um, you've got Green going late in the first round, Mannion going early in the second round. Give me the difference between the two. Why do you like uh, Green a little better than Mannion? Yeah, Green, uh, he, he just maps out better as an NBA player. You, you look at his measurements, he, he's 6'6", six, six with a 6'10 wingspan. He's really athletic. He's one of the more athletic players coming out. Um, and it just fits that profile. He he um, can run the court really well. He's really good in transition. He could be a really good defender. Um, with with Mannion, um, we saw him at the Hoop Summit in Portland last year, and he was great. He played against Cole Anthony and uh, – he played an unbelievable game. He had a good week in practice. Um, but then he, he backed off during the season. He really didn't have a good year with Arizona, especially shooting. Um, he's not the most athletic player, and um, he's, his measurements aren't particularly good. 
He's not long. He's uh, he's six three with like a six two and a half wingspan. Um, so and, and plus the the point guard class this year, there's just so many really good point guards. Um, so he kind of gets devalued a bit just because he's competing against ten or twelve other point guards that some teams really like. So um, so he, he might be someone who who might wind up being a decent backup point guard down the line. Uh, but I don't see him as, as a starter, and um, he might be someone that peaked, peaked early. Now, I'm a Josh Green guy, and uh, be very interested to see who uh, grabs him and where, and probably in the 20s, but I think uh, the higher in the 20s, the better. I think he's a talented kid. I, uh, one through 60, uh, the entire two rounds, compare this year's overall class to the last couple. Uh, if you need to go back further, feel free. Uh, what would you say the ranking, the grade would be for this class overall, depth-wise, one through sixty? Yeah, I would probably give it a B. It, it, it's weak on top, as as we said earlier, um, but it's fairly deep, and there's a lot of players that that could carve out some some roles in NBA teams fairly quickly. And, and like we said, the, the point guard class is really strong. There's ten, twelve point guards that can conceivably become solid NBA players. Um, and then there's a few, you know, the international players, like, as we said, that might do well immediately and a few others that, that might do well, you know, one, two, three years down the line. Is there a team and or a guy? Cause, uh, there's ever changing, uh, uh, individuals running squads in the national basketball association, but, uh, whether it be a long-term relationship and or a, a new guy in a new spot, is there a team or a guy who just seems to get it better than anybody else? They understand the draft process. They pull the trigger on trades when they should. They grab the right guy at the right spot. Who is the guy who, after you've been doing this for years, you say, yeah, he knows what he's doing? Yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, um, tough, to, tough to put a finger on one particular particular. Um, Front office. I, I like San Antonio a lot. It seems like they develop players and, and they're more tuned to, to the international market. So I kind of gravitate to them. But it seems like they have a good development um, group where they can bring someone in and, and develop them. Uh, you, you know, you saw it with like a Mano Ginobili, you know, years ago and how he developed with them. And uh, I think they have a good organization and they can you know, look to the future. In, in a lot of cases, you get teams who haven't done well or haven't drafted well. And in a lot of cases, it's it's because maybe general managers aren't real um, solid on in their jobs and they may be drafting um, for the present rather than the future. And, mm-hmm. and that might hurt them in, in the whole whole process. Whereas, whereas a team like San Antonio, um, I think that they, they do, do do it right. All right, last thing, uh, you guys go out and scout and you see players that are draft eligible this year, but uh, be it international and or uh, here in America with high school kids that will be draft eligible, not in this upcoming draft, but the one after. Is there one guy that kind of stands above the others that will be a higher rated prospect than whoever goes number one here? Maybe not a Zion level, but somewhere in between those two uh, that you've already got your eye on? Yeah, for next year, uh, next year's draft's gonna be really good. But on, on top, we have we have Kate Cunningham, um, 
who's going to play at Oklahoma State this year as, as a freshman. And ironically, they're ineligible for the tournament. So, you know, it's too bad you people won't see him in, in the NCAA tournament. But um, he's just, you know, a wing and he can do it all. Um, so he's he'd probably be rated higher than, than anyone in this particular draft, as well a few other other players from uh, that will be drafted next year. You can check out all his work at netscouts.com, netscoutbasketball.com. Uh, we appreciate the couple of minutes you shared with us. Carl, no, it's a busy week for you. Thanks for carving out a couple for us. Enjoy. We appreciate the insight. Thanks for having me, Jody. Paul Berman from NetScoutBasketball.com here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Um, the, the NBA draft, I, it's so funny because you prep for these things each and every single year. I like to think of myself as a little bit of a scout because it's in the DNA with my father having done what he did for his entire life. Um, basketball, football, baseball, yes, I think I know baseball better than the others, but I played the game in, uh, on the basketball level, so... I've forgotten. I just don't remember. And when you watch something on YouTube, you go check out the highlights, you you punch up a website, they're going to give you the best plays. You have to watch players in action, in games. And because it's not my Ballywick or livelihood, I've kind of forgotten. I think I've got a good memory on most of them, but I know I feel less strong about my opinions than I ever did before. That's why you get someone on who knows exactly what they're talking about. They're still doing it day in and day out. So we thank Carl Berman for hopping on with us. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 